What's the like, not HQ, but like the mini version of HQ? Is there a mini version of HQ? Is that also? I don't know. Mini MHQ. HQ. HQ. No, I do say H. Oh I'm not goodness. an H even. Um, well, anyway, we are in short films, big questions office. Yep, in the office. Yes, we're, that's where we're, we're in the office. Professional outfit now. Yep. Um, and in and we're we're introducing our new guest, Joe Beverly. Joe who Beverly is part of the commercial and narrative directorial duo That's Jam, and yep. their stuff is awesome. Yeah, he uh, talks us all through his process working on big budget commercials. Uh, which have allowed him and his directing partner Sam to explore genre and, I guess, create their own unique style. I'd yeah, say, like yeah. you know, it's very, very specific. You feel like you're watching a that jam production when you're watching yeah, commercial yeah. or you can film. Just, I think you can tell in a really good way. You can just tell when it's one of theirs. Yeah. Um, and you know, they've made heist films, film car chases. You know, blown up entire film sets or streets, as as uh, Joe goes into. While they've made films for brands like McDonald's, Cadbury's, and Superbet, um, and we we speak about how they balance their work on commercials with with their own short films, as well as their process with um, VFX, which is new ground for us. Yeah, we so, haven't covered that yet, have yeah. we? And neither of us know much about VFX. <laughs> um, and yeah. Joe was very knowledgeable about that, so it was great to, to yeah to get into that. Uh, yeah, and they've had a lot of success with their short film work. So one of their short films, we go into depth on the podcast, which is This Is English. And that was accepted all over the UK into festivals like Crystal Crystal Palace, uh, London Short Film Festival, and Aesthetica. Yeah, it's a very, very funny film. So go and check that out. Yeah, we got we'll it in the link. link. In, the, in the description. Yeah. Um, and then he also talks about buying the rights to a book of short stories, um, which uh, you know he and his creative partner Sam are turning into a short film film anthology. Yeah. Um, the first of which is Unprecedented Crimes, which is coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Um, which is again new ground. We've we've you know never touched upon buying rights to a book to turn into a film. So that's really really interesting for anyone who's looking at doing something like that in the future. Totally. Let's get into it. Yeah. Yeah, our first question for you is, um, yeah, how do you balance making short films with your commercials? And more generally, like, I guess, what is your perspective on making commercials as well as making short films side by side? Yeah, I mean, I think the simple answer is, like, quite badly. I I balance that really poorly. Um, It's weird because I think I've always looked at making commercials as sort of a bit of a free film school where we, through other people's money, we've been able to you know, do car chases and, you know, go to Romania and blow up a street and, and you know, do, do some really cool stuff that when, you, when you're there, you're like, wow, this, this, this feels like I'm a director. This feels quite big. Um, so I've learned a lot through it and it's been a sort of free film school, but I definitely think, I mean, I don't know about other people, maybe it's just me, but I do have like a creative energy and often when things are going well, I, I will burn, burn that down pretty bad and by the time like we, we do have any free time, I, I do find it quite creatively hard to then jump straight into a project that requires like 10 times more work and really like jazzle other people up. But I mean, last year we, we were just finishing up our latest short film now and uh, called Unprecedented Crimes. And we, I'm really proud that we did We had a really big run of ads. And as soon as it was over, we just jumped on it straight away. And I think we shot the short the day before our next commercial in the six week interim. So we really managed wow. to like squeeze it in. Um, and you were developing that short while you were yeah, making the yeah. commercials. Okay. Yeah, so we'd wrote it a while ago um, with the idea to yeah make something that was makeable sort of thing that because uh, we, we've uh, we bought the rights to a book a while ago. Um, uh, Joel Golby's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. It's a collection of short stories, and there's a short in there called um, uh, "The Murderer Who Came to Tea," and we bought that, read it to make it, but we need about fifty k. So that's always on the cards, it, it, you know, it's set in prison, there's loads of scenes in it, and it's, it's we, we adapted the screenplay, which is a really interesting process, but I'm incredibly proud of that, and I can't wait to make it, and that will be, the, I think, the first thing I've ever made that is truly us, yeah. Well, not even, just, just truly our style, I think, truly everything that I want to show off in a short film, where everything else has kind of been the limitations of what we could possibly do within a £3,000 budget, or, or you know, a, the help of a production company and that sort of thing, so... Yeah, it's really tricky because, yeah, you you obviously need to make a living and also you can't turn down opportunities. But also, I don't do this to make commercials. I do it to one day, you know, tell stories and, you know, 
hopefully maybe even inspire or at the very least make someone giggle yeah so yeah it's really tricky and the more opportunities you get with you know commercial work the sort of less i am doing short so it's a tricky one because also in the same way as well you pick up bad habits through uh making commercials everything's got to be very quick everything's got to fit into a certain amount of time you have methodology that you use that helps you fit those things and make sure that there's almost like not too much creativity going on on set otherwise agency will just run away with it yeah so it's tricky it's been hard but we've managed we, we try and do at least two shorts a year wow um I've sort of changed damn good to be fair. yeah I mean yeah yeah it's finishing that's tricky because we, yeah. we shoot them and then have quite a long period of time of work right after that like we shot a few last year and unprecedented crimes which I'm really proud of um and it's coming out very very soon we're just finishing off the VFX but we wrote that to try and make it just a scene in a room that we could have a bit of fun with and then stupidly I wrote I think it says in the script um a meat explosion because someone's head explodes and then we've had quite a long process of finishing that off with various different visual effects companies, and that's that. really slowed it down. Yeah. So, yeah, don't write in a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so you were like, oh, we can do this for a grand, and then like... The, the film itself was done really quickly, and then all the like little... Because yeah. I do have this like sort of philosophy with short films that even if you are trying to make something quite simplistic, you sort of owe the audience something where something big should happen at the end. Like, we did a film a while ago, this, this is English, and... I really wanted a big fight scene at the end, which unfortunately we didn't really get to do the way we wanted to. I had ears being bitten off and and sort of loads of other stuff in there. But um, yeah, we didn't quite manage to get that done. But I do think you owe the audience and it's a bit like a bit showman-y, a bit panaz at the end. That's not just you doing a sort of like sort just of talky. Yeah, yeah, two-hander, that sort of thing. Like they've, they've watched your film for no reason other than you've probably forced it on them. Yeah. Uh, so you should, yeah, maybe give them a little, little something that like, oh fuck, how did you do that? Like, <laughs> so do you, um, can you talk about like, so you got, you work with the, your, you're a duo. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And how does that, so you, do you do the writing to Sam then? Like, yeah. how does that work? How does that work in practice with the two of you when you're like developing a short, for example? So I am usually the person that does the, the initial drafts. So like sort of Sam always says I'm when the page is blank and that he's very good at doctoring it and creating sequences and figuring out what's doable and that sort of thing where I almost, what you can, what I find happens when you're writing scripts that you know you're going to make is you'll start curbing yourself. You say, well, how are we going to do that? Or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So you stop writing in a way that's inducive to good creativity or good storytelling. You can figure all that out three drafts later. Take that out three drafts later. But really... You should be getting your essence down on the page. So having Sam, uh, it means I can write what I want on the first page. And then we go, like, ah, cool, how would we do that? That sort of thing. And then you can swap out that scene for something that maybe is more doable, but you know what it is you wanted to do with that scene. Do you know what I mean? So, it, you know, you might say, like, and a street full of cars explode, and that's never going to happen. But you want something big to happen that sort of scares the character, or, you know, as an example sort of thing. So it's kind of a nice process to let me be very lucky to have him really to let me be totally creative on the first draft and then we'll figure it out together after that. And he's very good at doctoring scripts. He's very good at getting the... He, Sam, I've always said this about Sam when we met at uni, he's a doer. Like, he just makes things happen. Where I'm more of a... I'll just think about it, overthink about it and never get it the ball rolling because I don't think it's perfect. And that's something he's just like, no, let's go. Let's make this. Let's get a production company involved. Let's figure out what this would cost. Let's find a location. And then, yeah. So with that, I think is why we've seen a, a small amount of success. Yeah, yeah, pretty good about it. I reckon. Yeah, we get, we're slowly getting there. It's a, it's a weird process. Every time you you do move up a step, it it feels like you just compare yourself to people above it yeah, as well. So constantly, sure. which I think is healthy as well. You should always try to be, you know, striving for more constantly. Otherwise, your work just becomes a bit stagnant. For that, but you never, yeah. You, there's been a few moments, like I was saying before, where you walk onto like a set you've built that you know you're gonna like actually blow up, and you're like, yeah, this this is film. Probably that applies to commercials as well. That's sort of the, mm. the nature of that dynamic. Yeah. Um, commercials are kind of different because you obviously, a lot, most of the time, there's been a couple of occasions where we've wrote the creative for commercials and we get paid separately for that. But essentially you normally have an idea and the main goal is like, okay, how do we add our style to that? How, otherwise, you know, why would they hire us for it? So we sort of add our thing to it and then it's honestly for the most part making it fit in 30 seconds um and 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 i would say 95 percent of the time it's a one minute script that the 
agency has written that has to fit into 30 seconds. So a lot of it is finding a really creative way. And I, I do really enjoy that. Like my favorite part of any commercial is when it's just me and Sam trying to figure it out. There's no stakes. We make a lot of it on our mobile phones first. We get it wrong about four times, edit it together, try it with music, you know, and that that is almost like no, no high stakes filmmaking where we are being truly creative. No one is watching, no one is, and we're very good at not shooting each other down. Well, we got better. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Sam's better, definitely better than me. I'm, I'm quite bad at like, no, that's shit. <laughs> uh, uh, but, um, but yeah. It's... And so, so the, the um, when you're making those like, well, what, are the, what would you call them? They're not animatics because you're actually just shooting just them, right? Previsualize, previs, really. Previs, yeah. 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 So you shoot those like you two together because uh, I've seen on your Instagram and you show like the final version and then yeah. what you guys shot just yeah. like you did a, it was something in the supermarket recently yes. you did, yeah. and you showed yeah. the, all of those shots are you showing that do you have to show that to the agency or is it, is that just for you guys to know all oh, that transition is going to work all oh, that timing just to try and fit that one minute script into because so much in commercials is like okay if we push in the push in needs to be three seconds because if it's longer than three seconds then we lose time on that next. Yes. Is it to do that? I, Is it I honestly don't know how people are able to do commercials that are so tight and have, you know, some of the commercials we do, they're 30 seconds and they have like 25 shots in. Yeah, no. And I have no idea how you would just wing that because we get it wrong like four times while we're previsioning until it's, you know, until we fit it into 30 seconds or or realize that, you know, we're not really capturing that scene and what would be, a, you know, you can go back and go, what's a quicker way of doing that with achieving the same thing? And, um, yeah, we we do show that to agencies a lot, more than anything, because often we'll we'll storyboard, and that's still really helpful. It's still a classic way of doing it, and we have a great storyboard artist, um, Alex Morris, who is incredible at even just he can sh he can draw in lenses and everything, and like and change perspective if we want. He's incredible talent. Um, but yeah, that's helpful. But with an agency, they can go, "What if we just added this on?" And you can just keep adding stuff in. So when you get there, you're shooting, you know, 32 shots for a 30 second thing. And you know, a lot of this isn't going in. You're like cutting time on shots that you are, you do know are going to, and everything feels a bit rushed. And it, it's sometimes nice to have extras in the edit, but we much prefer having everything we need, knowing it fits. And maybe we'll add one or two extra shots in an extra bit of coverage and that sort of thing for on the day. But yeah, knowing that, that like you said, that pushing is 1.5 seconds and then the whip needs to be that quick and blah, 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 it is just invaluable for us, especially even in terms of the equipment that you choose and that sort of thing. Like us, it's so easy to whip your phone around and push forward on your phone and then slowly over the years making mistakes, we realize like, no, that is a bolt. That is, yeah. a, that is a robotic arm yeah. to do that or that is a techno dolly or that is a, and even just learning the difference between a bolt and a techno dolly and, and that sort of thing and learning those pieces of equipment for the speed that you want because it's almost so freeing being able to shoot it with your phone and then everything is incredibly slower on set. Mm. It's the classic thing if you put, you're, you're like, you like framing up and I, I did this like on Monday with the DP. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, if we put the camera here and I was like right in the corner with my yeah, phone. So, yeah, exactly. Dude, the camera's like this fucking yeah. thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. 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 Mm. <laughs> well, and, and we've learned from do, literally making that mistake, honestly, 10 times before we, on a major set before we ever like figured out it's like, a periscope is your friend where you can like you know literally turn the lens on on a point so you shoot a long lens out and periscope it because yeah. it is about those tight spaces and sometimes i want that tight space and and i want to be that close to the ground and we've realized that doing it on our phones where i'm literally like the lens is like going over the top of the carpet i'm like but i want that i, I don't want us to do it on a slider that's a foot in the air with with the hair i want to be that low and it is the dp's job to figure that out yeah uh, we've realized now that we're going he they'll often look at it and go um, yeah, so the slider is like no, we know it's not a slider. I want to be in that carpet, not above it. Uh, that sort of thing. So it, we've actually learned slowly to like we were handing off that previs, and then they were you know just essentially doing it in a very simple way. And we're going no, no, no. Look how close we are to so like that. There's a reason handing it off to the DP. Yeah, all in terms of like how are you going to do that because we we don't want it close to the ground. We want it in the ground and that sort of thing. And that's usually a marriage between art department creating something that we can either shoot in or, and the DP finding a lens attachment and finding the right amount of grip. Like grip is just so important. It's it, um, to get the sort of angles and the, the, the pace that you want that you can quite easily get on a phone nowadays on how great phones are. Really? Um, yeah. Those, um, those kind of like, I guess, technical skills or understanding that you've learned over time, um, 
do you have any tips or did you cut how was it just simply a matter of getting getting on sets and understanding all the all the equipment or how did you really get like to grips with the knowledge because it seems like watching your stuff is so technically adept and and you know you seem to really be coming at it with such a, a great understanding of what you can do yeah i mean we were self-shooters for a long time i mean that was me and sam met at university and we we had a little production company for a while that we self-shoot we did sessions and tour films and stuff and through that you sort of get you know an understanding of lens types and what that does and and, and your equipment and that sort of thing but and the limitations of that equipment more importantly i guess um but it just always had an interest in that sort of thing. I think there's so much stuff that's fun about film and part of that is actor, performance, storytelling. And another part of it is the technical side that I do really enjoy. Like I love playing with cameras. I've, I've not touched a camera in a long time. Like I'm not allowed to because I'm so unbelievably clumsy. But um, <laughs> that's make, That makes three of us, I think, in this Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, like there was a, a, a long time ago, I've stopped like trying to be polite on set. I go, oh, do you need to have this? No, don't touch it. <laughs> no, don't like, touch that Yeah, now. no, okay, yeah, sweet, I'll leave. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's weird, but it is just a slow process. We've been really lucky that we've had a really varied commercial career. That I think part of that is me and Sam not knowing what it is we exactly what to do and slowly sort of figuring out our style and our pacing and that sort of thing and the way we work with actors and performers and stuff. And we just got to try a load of different stuff. We've done like really varied things where we learned that, you know, if you're doing a car chase, there's like a breakdown in communication. If you're just like talking to the AD who's in the car, who's talking to the thing, like, I want to be in the car. Yeah, like that sort of thing. Like, yeah, right, do you know what so. I mean? You end up, and as well, just your the, the pace of how you shoot on set changes, if that sort of thing. So we did two, a two day shoot that was all car chasing a car. Well, a car, it was a hot tub that had been turned into yes, a car. I saw it. was yeah. a while ago, but that was the yeah, first ever thing we did with a car. It was really strange, right? But we wanted it to be shot like a, you know, you know a car chase that's the thing partly because we wanted to learn how to do all that stuff as well and that's a really big part of like you might not necessarily might be a little bit superfluous some of the stuff you're doing it's like now nah, i, I, I want to do that so i know how to do it from the next project and that sort of thing so yeah day one barely shot anything and then day two i was like now nah, put me in that car and i'll be like no no and then i'm just shouting at the driver <laughs> like going, no, no, come up now 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 and I'll twist it quickly and and yeah that and you realize right that's how you that's how I would direct that because I need to be really close to the action. And then other times, yeah, with with certain bits of equipment, it's all about the prep. So if you're working with a bolt or, you know, the big electrical robotic arm things, like you absolutely need a prep day for that. Yeah, You just can't figure out it out timing, on set. Yeah. And just work out timing and like flow of movement and, and feathering things. And just so that when you get on set, you have to usually, usually do that in a shoot and you have to redo everything on, on the day anyway in the location. But, he knows what you want and that's the thing and all those conversations that take 30 minutes don't have to happen because he's saying it up and he knows exactly what you need. yeah and you've talked about it day before yeah it's yeah great. any conversation you can have prior is just so helpful because you're not wasting 30 minutes on set yeah. we do obviously let our performers and actors try and have a little bit of creativity on set but when you've got so much to shoot and it's so technical and there's food shots in there where the client will just spend two hours on how someone holds a big mac um you know which isn't a necessarily important part to me but you are That's there to make that, a film yeah. for them yeah. you know what i mean and um so yeah you and how how does how would that work so you and sam on the i mean a short film set or or all these commercial sets like how does it work in practice with you two like i think you said to me you you were dealing more with the actors maybe but it sounds like you're also dealing with the tech stuff then yes. how what's I is think, it just a joint collab yeah we we i like to try we for years we tried to give a neat answer where i think you know it's like oh i'm more this and more that but i don't think it is anymore like sam's an incredibly creative person with scripts we're definitely more separated like with writing our original stuff but in terms of creative and how we approach it now, it really is, we're really working on it together. Like we just know each other's shorthand. We're very good at not making things personal when we don't like each other's things. And we we always say that a good idea is when the other person stands up going, yes. And if we, uh, and you start, yeah, what about this? And you, yeah, there's just, a, there's just yeah. a reaction when you've come up with something good and you can see it in the other person. And when you say something and you haven't had that reaction, then that's, that's probably the result of it not being super great. But um, yeah, we, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I think I, I'm more interested in working with actors and Sam's more interested in pacing and that sort of stuff. But Sam's still a great director when it comes to acting and I think I'm still pretty good when it comes to technical stuff. So that is, it's more of a neat answer that we give to agencies and stuff, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. But realistically, I, I don't think that's true anymore. I think we're both pretty equal in all things. Nice. I was going to say, like, you know, 10 years of working with the same person is pretty intense. Like, mm. 
do you find we used to live together as well do you, wow. yeah, yeah. Do you i mean will and i do loads of yeah yeah i suggested living together i'm like <laughs> maybe not maybe not yeah very intense yeah i mean like how yeah do you ever get into arguments over things like creatively or like how do you manage that i suppose we have creative arguments a lot we never really argue about anything that's not that we we are in like incredibly good friends like I, I love him so much i find every day that we work together an absolute joy i'm excited when he's on his way around to come and work with something on me and um uh yeah i find directing to be an incredibly lovely job i kind of like the the, the solitary like elements of writing I, I do enjoy that but man there's so many ups and downs in this job that to have that to bounce off with someone i was talking about you last yeah. time we last time we chatted and uh yeah, you're gonna always go through dry spells. Really big directors go through dry dry spells, and um, yeah, when you have someone to work on something with, it's just incredibly lucky, and you get to bounce ideas off. And yeah, I, I definitely don't regret being in a duo. You get half the money. Yeah, <laughs> get half the money. But um, and I don't think it necessarily works out as half the work either, because yeah. uh, you know you're still in all the same meetings together, you're still in all the yeah. same creative sessions and stuff. But the idea of not being lonely having someone to sort of like find your way through this world with whether that's the business side of it or the creative side of it is is a proper joy and it sounds like you're not um yeah as you were saying you don't really take any creative friction personally no we really all. don't we really really do. i mean i do sal is so much better than i am but yeah we're, we're pretty good i think as far as like people that spend every day you know five days a week sometimes seven days a week sometimes weeks at a time when we're away abroad and things like that um we we are pretty good i think i think it's worth being proud of how how good we are at keeping it at the door mm. that sort of stuff we tend to just go and get really drunk after an argument and just get and don't and then, talk about film yeah and talk about just other stuff um that's a good idea that's a good idea oh so how, so how i guess you can't answer it there but like navigating those lows we always ask people this because it's like something we go through as well those like dry spells and i remember when we talked you said oh yeah we went through this you know four months of like nothing is it just just being able to go sam let's write something or like yeah. let's go do something that gets you through those yes. like periods where you've got nothing on and totally i mean sam is incredibly good at the sort of business networking side of our of our business um so we'll constantly be going for meetings and stuff and i think a lot of our strength is getting in the room with people rather than necessarily looking at our work. Um, so we try and just go from a lot of meetings. It sounds really great at networking and that sort of thing. Sorry, when you say interacting with people, do you mean, uh, when you say getting in the room with people, Ethan, do you mean um, you're just better at like bouncing off of like the client or I think the production company in the room? More than anything, I think we make quite a good little like community duo when we're together and that sort of thing. And people really like to see that. And like to, I think that's a part of it. But also, just getting to know people, talking to them rather than sending over a pitch. Whenever we can, like, actually do a pitch live or, or or actually pitch it to them, we will. Which is a much more common in America. You always pitch. Uh, you always do your pitch. Where in the UK, for the most part, they do not want to hear from you. They just want to read your read your brief and read your deck and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, just going for meetings, putting faces to names with production companies and agencies and that sort of thing. We just we do that a lot. Sam has definitely got like more things in his life than I do, where I am pretty much just solely <laughs> like, I'm, like I, I, I'm not a particularly interesting person beyond like <laughs> this realm. Where Sam, so Sam keeps himself busy. Like he's like semi-professional poker player and all those things. So he's 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 a really cool guy. <laughs> where, where I just literally watch films and write scripts and worry uh, about oh, my place in the world. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I do too. But yeah, like certainly not particularly varied. Like, yeah, 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 do you know what I mean? Yeah, a little one trick pony, but um, yeah. And then, so how, you you mentioned earlier about getting. Um, I'm really curious about buying the rights to that, those short stories as well. But like getting production companies behind your short films, have you found that that's through maybe through your commercials work? You've got the connections with them, and then they want to go. Oh, you're like we've got this new weird short idea, and they want to. Mainly, so a lot of the ideas will always come through. Uh, so this is English. Um, is a short we did a while ago. Um that we did that through through VCCP, which is an agency that we worked with quite a bit. We did some Virgin ads uh, and things like that. And uh, they have a competition each year where they let one of their writers or copywriters, that thing, if they put a script through, I think they get like 20 or so. 
and the winning script, they'll put a little bit of money for it. And when I say a little bit, I mean a real little bit. Really. And we were, um, but it's it's almost quite nice to have like a vehicle behind behind the show. So the last a few years ago when we did that, uh, the uh, really talented writer uh, Liam Wilson who wrote it, um, he'd won. And they were like, he he spoke to several directors. And once again, that was the one where I went in. Sam was away at the time and I went in and I was like, I've got to make this. But it was just super enthusiastic. It's so funny, that film. Yeah, oh, thank you. It's so, really so kind funny. of you. So, mainly down to the rain. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. Uh, and we, he was uh, kind enough to let us work with it. And then we sort of developed it a little bit and made some visuals. and Because it was quite... Um, it was a lot of dialogue, but we, we wanted to add a little bit of like physicality in there. So basically, I wanted to add some violence. I think there's a really fun way to do violence and I think we got some fun bits in that film. So we developed that with him and then we attached, we quite quickly found out that VCCP's company that was producing that wasn't really doing very much. They were sort of like, no, no, we they gave us five grand and they were like, off you go. And then we realized it definitely wasn't a five grand film. There's loads of people in that movie. Um, and um, so we, uh, a, a production company, really amazing and they they specialize in uh, really comedic work as well. They write a lot of their own stuff uh, called Studio Yes. And they also have a agency now called Hell Yes. And they're just like the most amazing people ever. They they really love making comedy. They really love making their own stuff. They do they've done some really amazing YouTube series where they replace the hands of people cooking and stuff. <laughs> Highly recommend people checking out Studio <laughs> Yes. They're they're amazing. And they're just really nice people. Uh, and we got them to help. We put a little bit of our own money in. They put a little bit of money in, and that's. I think it came to about like, I think that nine to ten thousand pounds by the time we finished. We pulled in a lot of favors for that. We were able to get Jack Doolan to do it for like two hundred quid and stuff like that. And um, yeah, and just called in a lot of favors. Really, we do. There, is, there is a thing there with production companies. You know, you are winning jobs for them a lot of the time, as much as they're winning them as well. But you know, it is your vision that the the agency or production company will choose. So you've got a little bit of leeway when it comes to like, yeah, we've just done like four commercials with you. Can you, uh, will you possibly maybe help us on a short film? And but to be honest, like that sounds like we're, what are we blackmailing them into making short films? <laughs> <laughs> That's never the case. We we just did our latest one with uh, Blind Eye Films, okay. who's a company we worked with. They gave us our first break in commercials and just incredibly good ethos as a company. They're like very rock star little agency and a very decent production company um and they're great and i'm always flattered that anybody helps you make a short film because like obviously as you know making short films there's loads of money in it um but the fact that anyone helps you out the fact that gaffers help you out we always try and pay absolutely everyone but sometimes like you just it doesn't work that way like the last film that we made we made for like three thousand pounds we've spent probably another like two thousand pounds on music and vfx at the end and things like that the fact that anybody helps you out, a gaffer or an electrician, like their name doesn't go, go at the end, at the top, you know what I mean? And that's the thing. The fact that they'll give you a day is just so un overwhelming to me that it like almost like, like upsets me that, I, I, do you know what I mean? That not upsets me. Like, it, you know, it's just incredibly kind of anyone to help you make your stupid little film. Yeah. But I don't know. I think maybe there's something in like, you know, when you made This Is English, the guy, um, Jack Doolin, is it? Yeah. He would have been like, you're fucking passionate about this. This is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give my time to it. Yeah, t I hope so. Yeah, we went out and got rip-roaring drunk with him. He, like, proper was like, I'm only doing it if you guys are all right. And we got, like, honestly, he drank us under the table. Really? Yeah. And it, it was, like, the wild, one of the wildest nights ever. We were, like, on honestly having, like, a semi-fist fight in the street at the end of the night. Like, he was like, go on, boys, let's go outside and have a fight. That's thing. And we did. That's the thing. And, like, and then, like, oh, man, I don't even want to get too much into that night, but Jesus. And then the next day, he rang us going... randomers or with each other? With each other. He was like, let's see if you can... He's like, let's see if you can fight. And we're like, all right, yeah, go on, then. You know, I was drunk enough that we, were like, gave it a go. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, I don't even remember how that night ended. Like, he ran off, like, with no shoes on and stuff. He's, a, he's incredibly talented, but incredibly crazy dude. I love it um and yeah um he just rang us the next day really hung over yeah boys i'm in <laughs> you, you, boys, you boys are all right here out there yeah, i wonder if you're like you didn't fight him if you've been like nah. i don't know man like yeah <laughs> but he, he, he proper like yeah cheap shotted us straight away he was like <laughs> proper went for it i was like okay all, all right, right sweet okay, this yeah, is what's great. going on yeah 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 oh i love that well so um i got a question about like uh because so many uh people in that film in this is english like blocking with those actors then it shot kind of like a mockumentary and things like that 
how because we've talked about how specific you are with your commercial shots mm. that feels like maybe it's a lot more free-flowing that film where you just like were you able to block with the actors on the day and work out oh like oh what if the actor had this idea or jack had this idea did you go with it um, so almost like everyone we auditioned for any major role i literally we, when we auditioned we like ran a little room and i literally fought them in a room basically <laughs> i was like rolling around on the floor with really that's the thing but we did um so just to like check that they were okay doing quite physical stuff okay, and that's yeah, the thing yeah. but we did a rehearsal day because we we shot that whole thing in a day uh, and you know it's nine really? minutes nine pages several fight scenes oh. Uh, across and like and all the locations three locations as well. yeah we did it all in a day oh no one of the, we did a half day where we shot some scenes where there's like where we talk about the different groups of extremists so we did uh, yeah. half a day actually where we shot in a garage and in a library and and that sort of thing so we did those quite quickly but then you did another day. cameras then in the yeah so we shot day. three cameras right. i'm thinking oh, yeah um yeah. and our, our dp mike o'connor gave us all his all his amazing kit for free and and we got some really amazing camera ops but We'd planned out a lot of how we were going to cross shoot, so they didn't. So we drawn up a lot of floor plans so that we could cross shoot all day. That that was the thing. But we did a really extensive rehearsal with all the actors as well, all the key actors for sure. Um, that was one element. We did really big rehearsals, so we spent a whole day. In I can't remember his name, but it was one of the actors from EastEnders that we bumped into at an OB management party, and he was like, "Come and use our rehearsal space." So that was really kind of him. Um, uh, so we used that, and we planned it all out, and we planned a lot of the physical stuff out. And then on the day, like Sam would shoot like the kitchen scene with Jack, and I went and shot like at the same time. I went and took two cameras. He used one, and like shot the chip shot the scene where they smash up a chip shot with a load so of different. Just doing two units. We were just doing two, two wow. units. Yeah, yeah that, that was the only way we could. We do not like doing that. We would always rather both be on set, but we just had to. It was the nature of the thing. And then, so while we were shooting smaller scenes, we would take a lot of the actors and extras upstairs, and we'd manage to rope in a really talented stuntman. And, and stunt women, stunt people. Um, and uh, they would practice some of the sequences upstairs in the bigger room uh, while we were doing scenes downstairs. So then when we came upstairs, they sort of had done semi sort of physical rehearsals as well. So every possible way that we could shoot that. going on at once. Yeah, every possible thing that we could do to make things simultaneously happen, we did on that day. I'm actually thinking about that. It was pretty well planned. The fact that we were sending people upstairs to rehearse stunts while we shot a scene downstairs while I went over to the chippy and literally smashed up a chippy with a load of blokes. Yeah. Um, but we just, and a lot of it is like the planning and production by like Studio Yes as well, where they were like, they found us a chip shop a hundred yards down the road and they found us a, a really great um, working men's club that had a great room upstairs for half a set and a kitchen in the back room that we made us look like a flat. And then our production designer, Miles, who's a real long-time collaborator, Miles, Miles Grimsdale, who's incredible. Uh, he managed to like make rooms out of other rooms. It's all a constant like smoke and mirrors of being able to do it in one place, basically. It took a lot of planning, but it, it didn't seem like a crazy rushing. We we lot the one thing that we did lose. I wanted a bigger fight scene at the end, which turns out doing like fifteen person sequences at the end of a day while everyone's working for free and having like you know glass bottles and 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 that sort of thing and blah 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 like. We didn't quite get everything we wanted there, which has always been a really big disappointment to me because I'd done some crazy sequences where people were getting their ears bitten off and like just, yeah, like a load of like, re I just really wanted to use like loads of rubber stuff, like rubber pans and pots and stuff. Just smash each other people. Yeah. Um, but we didn't get to, it's in there, but yeah, we didn't get to do nearly as much as we wanted to. I think we had like half an hour for that whole sequence. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like when you say like, um, in terms of the shots and because it was multiple cameras, did you really have like, did you have a specific idea then of exactly how it was going to cut together or were you being quite free flow with that? We've been a bit shots? free flow with that for sure. We okay. did a lot of different, we we, um, we edited a cut and it just didn't work really. Uh, and then we went to um, a company that we'd worked with through commercials, 10.3 editing. Uh, they happily got involved in much more talented editors than us, you know, got involved and, and, uh, and, and really sort of shaped it for us and cut a few scenes and, and just sort of gave it a little bit more pace and that sort of thing. We really wanted it because it's a mockumentary and I I think we did mockumentaries. That's sort of how we got into commercials. We did our first ever main thing was a mockumentary for um, Ministry of Sounds and everything. We did a few through, uh, we did it through club scenes. They, let, they sort of let, give us a bit of money to make a film and rather than doing like a club promo, we'd just write a, a comedy mockumentary and, and take the piss out of the industry a little bit and that seemed to go really well and we ended up walking into meetings going, which we want to do something like this thing that Ministry of Sanders was like, we did that. And they're like, and they're like, and they're like, oh great. And they're like, 
Do you want to let us do another one? That's the thing. So that was quite cool. But we'd done mockumentaries for quite a while. And we were a bit bored of them. And we it is a little easier to do mockumentaries. You can just do exposition to the camera a little bit. And, you know, we really quick. But we, what we wanted to do is, and hopefully what we did do with This Is English is add a slight sort of Edgar Wrightiness to it where there is sequences and there is, you know, yeah, like there's little, in the cut, pine. Yeah, little yeah. cut points and that sort of thing and little dynamic little edits and stuff like that. So we really, by that point, we really wanted to try and elevate in any way we could. I'm not saying we did, but just to try and elevate that mockumentary format in, that feels, and I think a lot of the reviews that we've got from festivals and there's a letterbox account of it, which I only found recently, some people have been reviewing it. I'm like, oh, whoa. And they're going, and some of the comments were that you don't feel like you're watching a mockumentary after a while, and that was incredibly important to us. And yeah, we're quite proud that that hopefully did get across. Interesting. I just wanted to ask. Um, this is a kind of a separate note, but it just popped into my head. Um, but your Cadbury's, you know, that sort that feels like a short film. I guess yeah. it doesn't feel yeah. like uh, brand content or an advert. Um, but yeah, I was just wondering if you, you want to give context for what that that's about. Why don't you oh yeah, or you could. Actually, Cream Egg did like a weird advertising platform where they were like trying to like put their own Netflix up, but which didn't work incredibly well because it was adverts. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, but so they gave us quite a small amount of money for an advert that size because you still have to do buyouts for the actors and all that sort of stuff, and because it is a commercial. Uh, and th there was three scripts, and we pitched on all three, and they let us make that one, which is the heist film. But they were all kind of genre -y. ones like a bunker film one was um one was like an person with old people which we sort of didn't have any interest it was a bit too sentimental for us uh, and another one was a heist film and we were just really attracted to the genre of it like hopefully our style now has come well what we're trying to get more into is like playing with genre in, in commercials and on our own work like the the film that we've just finished on president crimes is the whole thing is based on like normal people in a cinematic world where the tropes that we've seen in in crime films play out but obviously in a quite realistic setting where like you know for example if you if so if you know if you're told to like go and get the money off someone but they don't have it it's like do you have to kill them do you have to do a murder like <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, horrible yeah. like um so that that so we that that's what really attracted to it because there was no money involved like even in terms of like our, our fee was barely anything i think the whole thing which in in it sounds like a lot for a short film 50k but when, when you do buyouts and you have to pay full fees because it's a commercial thing um, it goes really quickly. Full fees, full crew, and all yeah. crew, all locations. You know, you can't bring in any favors because it all has to be. You have to have paperwork for it all, and that sort of thing. You have to get full insurance. It, it was gone. Um, and luckily, our production designer Miles um, did most of the work for it for free because we were really like, this is something that we really care about. It is a short. Sure, there's branding in there, but we get to like really play with genre and really do some fun sequences. Yeah, but it basically, just feels like you know the. I was wondering about the approach on that and whether or not that was a similar sort of approach to your commercials in terms of being very, um, yeah, like, you know, having previs, this sort of thing. Yeah, we, we, wrote, so the, we wrote the script. And once again, it was a mixture of like prevising certain sequences. So me and Sam spent like a day in that shot, uh, like planning out the sequences. So we, we didn't do it for everything because we wanted our actors to have a little bit more room to sort of like do their own thing because we've got some incredible comedy actors like, uh, Henry Perryman, who is in our latest film as well, yes. and Tom Gray, who um, who I used to live with for years. Uh, it was one of them who doesn't he have that video that went viral? Or yes, Tom like Gray. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. one is he? Yeah, the one he's that goes long guy. Like, yeah. What does he say? He's like, oh, oh, sick. You know, like. Yeah, he's doing. He's oh, staggering. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's a really good friend of mine. He lived with me for like two years. Oh, um, really funny. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, he's playing another one. He's just he's um he's in a load of shows that are coming out with uh, all the um the pirate radio lot. The um uh, the oh, just do nothing yes, guys, yes, yeah, yeah, incredibly yeah. talented. They're all yeah. reaching into like much bigger stuff now, and he's just been in Peacock and things like that. Really fun guy. Really, but knowing him well enough, so he never does a take the same, <laughs> and it will always and you get the best stuff from him. So we knew that the sequences and the dialogue we wanted to leave quite a lot of room for. So we shot multicam. And so just giving them room to sort of let the scene flow a little bit. And he's he knows Henry really well. And they, and we brought Chelsea in, who's just, you know, who you know and you've worked with. Incredible talent. Yeah, I can't believe awesome. she did it with us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we wanted to 
give them quite a lot of room in the dialogue scenes, but have our really tight sequences that felt very filmic and very, so, you know, even just like the taking off the seat belts and all that sort of stuff, we wanted that to be really- Even like the push-ins on them as they walk yeah. in. And, and almost like push those sequences too far so they yeah. don't feel cool anymore. Yeah. Uh, and do a lot, you know, cinema tropes in, in, in the heist and things like that. So it was a mixture of like allowing the dialogue scenes, which is the core of it, to have a bit of breathing room and just work on the script with those guys. And then- well, because it, it's very choppy and cuts to different sequences and little fast elements and to plan those really well and anything that was like the miniature versions that, the little model that we made we planned yeah. all that out but then just leaving different spaces for that like yeah. I actually you cut that uh, together the, with iPhone the, yeah because yeah. the, the miniature sequences feel because obviously there's like the, the bit where the car you push the car in and then the car comes in at yeah. the actual yeah, car yeah, yeah. and there's a bit where I think is it Chelsea's in the shop and it kind of zooms out and then you're in, and then you're back on the model yeah yeah that yeah. was very, very specific. Yeah, right? so th those moments we knew we wanted to get. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember if we edited anything for that, but I know we'd like definitely planned the shots on our phone and shown the DOP and that sort of stuff, but I can't remember if we'd actually edited any too many sequences together. Um, but yeah. And how much how much freedom did you get on that then to make the the film that, that, that's the one that we've seen? Is that Would your you feel one? a little bit more comfortable telling someone to fuck off if you're not being paid very much yeah, like, so we were yeah. just like and it was so fast and quick that we almost like gave got, gave us a little bit of control because they just didn't know what was happening it was just all going so quick on that i think we shot two days on that with all the stuff in in the house and then all the stuff at the shop and it was just so fast and so breakneck that they didn't have too many comments and as well they to be fair to them as well they'd given they'd chosen three directors to make three sort of shorts rather than it being a commercial. They had a little bit of input and they, they'd cut a couple of scenes that we wanted that were just like way too violent. Like we'd like, he um, like drop kicked the old lady in the uh, in the thing and they wouldn't let us do that for a cream egg ad, but, yeah. which is not really surprising, but that's fine. I, I, I get that, that's the thing. But, um, so there's a couple of compromises, but they, they were actually really good. They were really good. I, um, uh, yeah, and it was just so quick that the, we shot so much. Yeah, you know, is that in one day as well? That that you did that? No, it was two days. It was one day thing. But there's a much longer version of that that yeah. where they, I'm not super happy happy with the script at the end. So I've edited like just basically the main sequence, and that's what you'll have seen. That's what's on our website and that's the thing. But there's a much longer version where I think what's on on my website is like two minutes, and the actual film is five. It's a whole sequence where this nan comes down, which are great, but. There were certain elements of it that felt very commercial and felt very like, oh, this is the, oh, the, and the new, and, and I just got rid of all that on my own cut. Um, I can't even remember what I cut now because I'd block out things I hate. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I'd cut that down to the main sequence and the main thing that we wanted to do was, was the robbery, but they hadn't let, we wanted to do a sequence at the end where they, we, they'd planned it all and then everything goes terribly wrong. Like all the things that they'd imagined went terribly wrong and they sort of didn't let us run with that. Um, so I just cut it. Like it was a little bit PG, I think, uh, and they wouldn't let us do certain things. And I was just like, I'd rather people not see a half-assed version of the ending and just like enjoy that sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a full beginning, middle, and end story where they go in. So the sequence is then planning out the robbery, and then there's a whole scene after that where they do that robbery and it goes wrong. But um, yeah, I can't really remember the reasons why, but I, I hated it. So, uh, <laughs> so, so we so we cut down a slower version, yeah. So uh, I I got a question about like your like a director's voice. It's something we talk about like a lot, and you get told about and everything. Like, and I, I went to watch some something at LFF last night. It's an Alexander Payne movie. Like, you know, Alexander Payne yeah. is going to be yeah. this kind of thing, or Jeff Nichols is going to be this yeah. kind of thing. How have you found? Because like when we were like looking through your stuff, and I've obviously been watching loads of your stuff, and I feel like that jam has like you're like okay, that's your thing. Yeah. I kind of know what I'm going to watch in a great way. Yeah. How did you find that? Because I guess it's a long journey, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it definitely we definitely did have muddled style at first. Like, And, and really, in order to make a living, we were doing like sports stuff that is that sort of choppy, gritty thing. And we were doing, um, you know, documentaries, mockumentaries and that thing. And, and at first, I don't think you really did have a style for many, many years. And then... I mean, I'd say our like biggest influence is like Edgar Wright and how like just nothing is late. Like we always say, like we just make everything as difficult as possible for ourselves. Like, and really that as a motif and a methodology has maybe led to a style that you recognise. Where like, what's the coolest possible way you could shoot a mobile phone, or, or or what's the coolest possible way you could do that? And I think that has led to 
a style that's felt quite like snappy and and sort of cinematic and using sort of like really high-end cinematic techniques in a sort of commercial like in a commercial world that has led to a kind of style but we also as well like we don't like gritty stuff we like really colorful stuff and we like things to, you can make something really dark and still have pops of color in there and i don't think everything has to be desaturated if you want to make it dark or a little bit that's thing so and i think a lot of that has come down to people always go oh do you work with the same dops and i don't think it's the dop i think it's the production designers you work with yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. that's the thing which we do work with the same production designers way more than we work with the same dops we've we actually try and change DOPs up a lot because you learn so much by working with really good DOPs. But and as well, we do such tight previses and plans that sort of thing. So the style is very much baked in before we've even bring in a DOP. We've done that, and then we and then we'll reshoot it with a DOP and that sort of thing, and 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 talk to them about. So our style is very baked in when we meet the DOP, but it's the colours and the set design and the costume that I think is more of the style than than the than the cinematography. Yeah. And and, yeah. and performances, I guess, in the in because I found in the commercials that like, obviously these shots are so specific, and trying to get those reactions mm. out of someone like in that you know one point five second yeah. push in, that must be so it's so hard to yeah to and, get. It, and as well it you feel really bad on like we were just shooting um, I just shot a load of McDonald's adverts in Canada recently, and they were so tight we were shooting on Technodoll everything was completely planned to a T. And, and we auditioned these amazing actors. All the actors were great. And I'd give them exercise. We we, we really stress test the actors in auditions. Like I get really involved. We don't ever really, a lot of a lot of directors will let the casting director run. And I am like stood up in the scene with them. And you know, if there's a fire scene, I am rolling around on the floor with them. So that's the thing. Um, and so we really stress test it in the thing so that we know that they are capable of changing things up. And a lot of time an actor will do it right perfectly the first time in an audition. You're like, wow, that's great. That's exactly what I wanted. But can they change it or was that just kind of lucky? So I'll just give them notes anyway. I'll just say, right, now do it completely different like this. Or you'll say a lot of that is like character development, like what this character is. So they they know that. But that 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 tends to be more with, with shorts and narrative and that's the thing where there are definitely different types of actors. For example, um, we um, some actors are really great at like learning a character letting the scene breathe and add something you see, oh, that was magic. I've never thought of that or I've never wrote that into a script. Like Tom Gray, for example, is brilliant like that. He's um, He'll always add something different and you get the, the most funny moments are always the bits that you've not wrote. You've given him a framework to work with and he's great, but you know that of him. And then commercial actors, often you are looking for someone that can do something very repeatable and like an understanding that rhythm of stuff that's like head turn, will hand up. And some people can do that and some people can't. And sometimes really good actors can't do that. And you have to stress test for that in auditions. And I, you know, I, you do feel bad for actors. And you're like, I don't need you to do it the way you think is right. I need you to do it in 1.5 seconds. Uh, and and I think in commercials, the camera work is a lot more of a character and a lot more of creating the rhythm than necessarily actors in narrative. So they are really definitely two different disciplines. And I, I always worry that I pick up quite bad habits when working with actors because I have to get things so precise in commercials. And I need to make sure I allow myself when we're doing narrative to let them do things. And especially because all our narratives are usually comedic and you're hiring comedians all the time or certainly comedic actors. And you want, you've hired them. And a lot of the time I've wrote it for those people as well. Um, so you need to trust that they are funnier than you in a way. Um, so it really is two very, very separate disciplines. Right? So like, watching your work, there's like a lot of VFX in like the super bet uh commercial for example so much vfx how do you because neither of us have done vfx or anything with vfx um so it's a total mystery to me like how do you work with like the vfx supervisor is it like when you're doing the previs do you like and now we go into the phone and and then it goes through to another yeah, world so a lot of it is like will really heavily reference stuff so, you know what i mean you're getting pretty close like it's been a weird thing of like so i'm quite interested in i can't do any of it but i love understanding the process of it and understanding the process of how any VFX works is, I think is really important. You know the limitations of what you can and can't do. You know the difference between effects that are quite easy to do, which is, you know, dropping skylines in and and it all kind of started from us like constantly changing the sky on stuff. Like, because uh, we always just wanted it to be sunny and it adds like a nice color scheme to the background and we'd shoot on rainy days and things like that. 
and realizing that some effects are really easy, like two-dimensional stuff in the background is dead easy. But then knowing the difference when you're asking for something, oh, that's a 3D model, so that needs designing. So you need a designer, and then it needs to be shaped in, and then you need to uh, bake in the lighting, and then you need some, a supervisor there on set. So some effects are more expensive than others and that sort of thing, and more hard to implement and take longer on set to implement. So under, having a really big understanding of what it can be and can't be done was really good. And honestly, that's just through watching Corridor Crew and things like that on uh, YouTube, which is an amazing channel where they break down visual effects and how they're done and that sort of stuff. And I'm Corridor just, Crew. Corridor Crew. Okay. Highly recommend. It's incredible. Okay. They just do visual effects, artists react to films, good and bad CGI. And what's almost more valuable is they react to the bad CGI and why it doesn't work and that sort of thing. And a lot of the time... Visual effects artists, when you're working in a commercial setting, you'll say, do this, and they'll go, yeah, yeah, we can do that. It's like, but can you do it well? Yeah. And if you, because they'll, they'll always take the commission. They're a company, they're a business, that sort of thing. So a lot of the time you go, well, that looks shit. But if you know a little bit about it, you go, well, surely we're going to have to bake in the light there, or surely I want an understanding how much you can bring into the set of like wind and physical effects and creating reference points on set. It's so valuable. So I'll never do anything without... We just shot a flying car uh, that comes in a future world. A, fly, a van comes down, lands on the ground. But I was like, as many elements as possible that I can make real. So we brought the van in, we scanned the van. We created a rig with a really cool company called Matter, we, uh, uh, who do SFX, like practical effects that we work with all the time. And we always implement their work with visual effect work. So like the smoke, as it, the steam as it comes down, we did practically. It was like... They made this rig that they just literally pull down and it shoots smoke out and that sort of thing. So there was a real she thing there. Like from the bottom. Yes, it's from the bottom oh, of the, no. for the flying car. We wanted like dry ice to be coming out as it landed and stuff. We were really, really heavily trying to uh, reference uh, Back to the Future and I actually got in some legal troubles on set. Like, <laughs> that is just Back to the Future. You can't do that. Um, but yeah, so it's about working what you can do for reference because as soon as they can see something happening on set, they have a reference point and know what it actually looks like. And anything you can do practically, you do and add physical elements in like wind or smoke or anything like that, or even just like minor explosions. So you can add bigger, bigger explosions in on it. So the, the performers and actors have stuff to react to and that sort of thing. Um, but then it's just understanding the effects and working with the effects team. And for a while, we were working in an arena where I needed to know how to do everything. Otherwise, it would work out bad. In the last few years, we've been lucky enough to work with that like incredible, you know, um, we've worked with you know the guys that do Marvel, and we've just recently um, the the people the people we worked with most recently is Rascal, and he um, that was a company started by a gentleman that worked at the mill for years, and you realise the difference between people that can technically use the the programs, which is when you're asking for favors and earlier stuff, to people that are great artists that they are worried that the smoke the light isn't going through the smoke, and they can anyone can create a sim for, of smoke and create plot a path which is what we'll do with them. I want the smoke to go around them and I'll draw up diagrams and that sort of thing. But he's worried about other stuff. You know what I mean? Um, which I think is, it, when you find someone like that, you just don't let them go. Uh, and Rascal are a company that just really care about about the artistry of it. And they are in themselves good artists. Um, so that's that's helpful. But we've got to an arena now where rather than saying like, oh, we can do a, a matte effect here and put a 2D thing in. And as long as we stay far away from it, it'll look pretty real. Where uh, I'm walking into stuff and going like, I want the car to fly like the car from Chamber of Secrets. Like, <laughs> I, I want it to feel clumsy and that sort of thing. And like that smoke, for example, in the Subit thing is like, it should look like a Dementor. Weirdly, a lot of my references are Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter references. They're not all Harry Potter references, but a lot of them are. Um, so yeah, you're starting to get to the point where they are better than you could possibly understand them. We did an NHS advert a while ago, and I don't know how they did some of this stuff. Because usually, to get rid of anything, they all the it was chairs moving down the street, yeah, like floating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would assume, from everything that I understand about visual effects, is you need to get plate shots so you can remove the twizzy. Or it's like the the production vehicle is pulling them along. But we can't get plate shots as we're going down the street on a on like a, a like a production vehicle that's just shooting from like a crane on the back of the thing. You can't duplicate that shot twice to create the background. He just painted, he's just that good of an artist that he painted them out. And I d honestly don't know how to do it. He breaks all the rules that you're supposed to know about how you should shoot things where you're removing something. He just did it. Um, yeah. So I, they're just now look, we're very lucky to be working with people that are just more talented than my knowledge. They're just way more talented than, you know, yeah, than, than what I know. So that that's pretty incredible. But there's still elements where you're like, no, uh, you know, it's still your vision. Like we, we, you know, the van, I wanted it to bank as it right before it lands and floats down and the wheels to turn and that sort of thing. 
and they'd come up with a really cool plot of how it did it and i just wanted it a bit more clumsier you're still adding the heart and the, and the personality to it um but they're making it look realistic yeah a lot of the time that is what you find as well like that a visual effects artist will make it look real i'm like i don't, I don't care about it looking real i want it to look exciting going into your mobile phone stuff um so yeah like what struck me about a lot of your work uh and will and i were chatting about this as well but like yeah mobile phone is quite a common thing that you're going to have to shoot in commercials so an app is often the focal point uh what yeah but you shoot the mobile phone quite creatively so like i'm thinking there's one in the super commercial which we will definitely be talking about the intro because we've referenced it so many times um but yeah where the you know you are shooting from inside the mobile phone out and looking at the person looking at the, the phone and I, yeah i was wondering like how yeah what kind of brainstorming process you you guys go through when you're thinking about how can we shoot a mobile phone in a creative way yeah i mean we do think about it a lot honestly i think it comes from years of having been completely and utterly bored by having to shoot phones uh and anything you can do to just spice up your life a little bit uh <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah so. Uh, so it came from like yeah it, it was in the last few years there's been some real innovations in lens types as well where you can get so close to stuff and you can and you can move the lenses in a much different way. So that was a real, and we just wanted to use those lenses and use them in macro form. And often the only opportunity you do get to do that is with the phone. But we try and really, it's inevitable you're gonna have to do adverts for apps or and that sort of thing. So the phones are gonna be in there. We definitely try and avoid adverts now where someone holds up a phone and goes, and now with 0.5% APR, you can get the new, you know, that's it. We don't do that anymore, we refuse to. But phones are still gonna be in narrative, the narrative of commercial all the time. And so, we try and just think of it as like a bit of a dance. So like you're still doing something on the phone. You still tap, 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 or like you're pulling it up or whipping it out. And that sort of thing. We try and really think like break it up into beats and try and create like mini stories with the phones that we can then create like cinematic beats too and stuff like that. Um, and just move around the phone in interesting ways. Like, um, cause a lot of time it, it is quite a focal point and it's trying to create a bit of a dance with it rather than just like, holding it up or that thing or, or pulling it across or for example we'll often find out how does the app work on the phone first so if it rises up really quickly like enters from the bottom or something like that we'll match the movement of that uh which you see in super and like looking through it and seeing that thing it's just honestly yeah it, it comes down to just being bored of having to shoot phones and like we just want to be able to do cool stuff constantly when we're on set and yeah, yeah. So we've seen it. I mean, like, you know, even in films, you see it all the time, like a character looking at a phone or something like that. And, you know, it's always quite a boring mm -hmm. shot. Yeah. And your, your, yeah. your thing next easy is on yeah. its own most of the time. Yeah, it's just a character in a room on a phone. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I was quite interested in watching the Super Pet commercial. Okay, oh, this is some interesting things. That... Yeah. The, the problem is it takes a long time, those sort of really precise shots. They, yeah, you, they, yeah. they are really slow. Uh, yeah, and a lot of the time you have to clamp. It, it's very bad performance because to get those sort of close precise quick shots like we are clamping the phone and making them hold it clamped down so the phone doesn't move and stuff like that and getting the focal right on it unless you're using bolt which sometimes we do the folk the focusing is so quick and so hard they do take a while and we've messed them up a few times assuming that oh that's a 10 minute shot. it's just a shot of a phone it's like no it's not uh, you're using a probe lens that goes about 0.5 centimeters away from the phone and we ramp out really quickly and then he's got to turn the whole phone really quickly and land it in the exact same spot every time yeah. and it ends up taking way longer than some much bigger more complex stuff you said that you bought the rights to a book hmm. how we've, we've, that, op like, we've optioned how it so our, it? Like, how yeah, our previous work? management uh, helped us with that because i don't know okay <laughs> uh, so we were uh, our previous agent that we're not with anymore uh, they helped us with that and we essentially have an option for it for two years right and then you've got two years to make it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then we have to pay them another couple of thousand pounds when we make it, it. and that's the thing but it was kind of important to us as well that the agreement that they have no say over it as well once we put because yeah i just i've i've already done a film where someone else was involved and you sort of and things that are more important to them are not as important to you and blah blah, blah which is fine you know it's a collaborative thing but if I'm putting 50 grand up, <laughs> I'd like it to be the way I want it. And that's the thing. And also as well, like we've turned, we've, we've turned it into, it, it was a short story and we've turned it into more of a, a film with the beginning, middle and end and added different elements on and bulked up some characters to make it a certain length so that it's like potentially can be BAFTA selected and that sort of thing where the original script, is, the original 
short is like short story is like 10 pages and this is a 20 page script where we bulked out moments and 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 the ideas that i liked about it which are sort of northerners making terrible things that happen to them into like sort of quite funny hilarious stories and turning trauma into sort of like comedy and never really sort of facing it and and that's the thing that's what i liked about it and the idea that dad sort of you think they're your heroes as a kid and then you grow up and they're kind of like no oh, that they're maybe not a great guy but they're a good guy that's the thing and, and right. so those ideas we've like taken from there and, and run with a little bit and i don't want him to go well that's not what i look because the story's about him and I, that's not what i look like i'm not what my dad looked like and i'm like i, I don't care about that i yeah. care about your core idea um but what what we are trying to do now is i think it's really important to me is that we're making stuff all our shorts now have to be like proof of concepts of a larger idea so that is going to be um part of a concept where we call uk question mark and it's about it's an anthology series about men's mental health but we just don't want it to be misery porn we want it to be quite cynical and funny and 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 that sort of thing and so we've outlined a few episodes so the first episode is about sort of which is that that short story and the one that we'll direct and write so that's going to be part of that series and the short we've just shot um unprecedented crimes what we, we wrote three 10 minute scripts that an intro a sort of middle bit and a, and a conclusion that so we can re- make them in sections uh release them as shorts but when you put all three films together it creates a pilot ah. uh that, that that's a bit sellable so everything now to me has to have a if we're going to put money in time and other people's time it needs to have something that 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 is potentially got legs and what what's your like uh like aim i guess with all of that then do you want to direct like without it sounding like what's your five-year plan <laughs> yeah that's like i was like thinking those questions in my head yeah. like it sounds their name but like what do you want is it you want to direct tv and film or yeah. do you want to stay in commercials like what commercials are great because you... you get to do such cool stuff eventually that you'll never be able to put in a film and you're given the money to be able to do really you know like we you know a commercial is like you know Commercials that we do about four hundred thousand pounds we spend in a day. That's more than feature films or more than TV shows and stuff. Um, so there's not much opportunity to like do such high budget stuff. So I'll always do commercials and the money's really good. It, uh, so that, I, I think I'll always do that because you can always learn new stuff. You work with incredible talents and and you, and you get to work in a much more dynamic way than essentially you would in a film. But my goal is a hundred percent to be in narrative, whether that's making my own stuff, developing my own stuff, or just directing other people's episodes of stuff. And would to you honest, do that with Sam? Is that with yeah, Sam? we do yeah. we do that together, but maybe even like slightly separately. But it, we, we everything we've ever done is together. But I think maybe in the future, as I'll you know, I'll, I think we're tied together for the rest of our lives now, and we plan that together and that sort of thing. So, you know, Sam might want to go and do a commercial where I go an episode, direct an episode of like horrible history. It, it's fine, and we want to give ourselves room to follow the bits that we enjoy. But we both really want to be in narrative, um, and just telling stories, but adding our style that we've sort of honed in commercials into that which is maybe problematic because our style is very expensive now because we've done it in commercials. Um, yeah. But yeah, the goal is to tell more and more stories that don't involve a phone. Um, or maybe they do involve a phone. But <laughs> you'll you'll get other likes and TV yeah. shows yeah. all around, like based around yeah. phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's tricky. We're, we're finding that a hard leap. Um, and that's why I think now all our shorts and all our projects have to be something that can be developed a little bit. Okay, do you want to ask the last question, Yair? Oh yeah, good uh, good little segue there, Will. Um, yes, so the final question is, uh, what is your favorite short film or a short film that's had a massive impact on you? So yeah, I mean, segueing from what I was just saying about things being, and anything that I make now being able to be developed and other stuff, I've actually weirdly, I, I wouldn't say I've, I mean, a film that I love from years ago when I'm, that I always think about that isn't particularly like high art from, and that was called The Successful Alcoholics. And it has T.J. Miller and Lizzie Kaplan in. And that director has gone on to do really big things. And I'd sort of worked backwards through his work. He's actually directing the new Metal Gear Solid. I can't remember his name now. I'm so terrible with names. He's directing the new Metal Gear Solid film. So he's gone huge. And what I've tried to do is kind of work back through directors that I really like and see how they started. And, and then through that, realized that... Um, and, and found a real enjoyment in watching short films that have then been developed into features. Because that's what I want to try and do is is make something that I can make into something bigger or get funding for or proof of concept. So you know, like Thunder Road by I'm quite a big oh, Jim yeah. Cummings fan. Well, like, sick. I fucking oh, love that. Yeah. And like he, you know, made that as a short first. And 
then just even the philosophy that he has where like he clearly if you've seen the feature version of it as yeah, well yeah, yeah, yeah. he clearly couldn't afford that song that's in the yeah. only, so he just dances to it and describes the song and that's so clever and like picking and I love that he's able to like use the limitations of his budget to create like really funny sequences and it, and, and that's put me on a bit of a journey of watching um, shorts you know uh, uh, Ma- I say Martha May Marlene Marcy, like that. Oh, he, yeah, the feature film. Right? Yeah, that's yeah, a feature yeah, film, yeah. but he'd created, while he was trying to get funding for that, he's created. Come these. Different. He, no, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's Sean. It's one of the Olsen sisters. Yeah, one of the Olsen oh, sisters. Yeah. yeah, the, um, yeah, so he created, like, while he was trying to get funding, his, his goal was to only make a feature, but then he was struggling with sort of showing the tone and that sort of thing. So he made a short that doesn't really have any of the same actors in, but, and it's not even a prequel, but it feels like it's part of the same universe and there's like a companion piece to it a little bit. And I found that concept really, you know, so then went through, started watching, you know, Bottle Rocket, the short, and, and Whiplash, and even found that one of my favourite horrible films, Elephant by Lars von Trees, and he'd made that based on another short film by a different director called Elephant that was about the struggles in Ireland. But it had the same sort of voyeuristic following of, like, horrible events, and that's the thing, and he really, that had really inspired him. But so I, at the moment, I'm in a really deep dive of um, shorts, that were conceptual proof of a much larger idea and how they've managed to keep that idea, um, the, the essence of it in a short, but then expand it. Like even just, you know, like uh, Alive in Joburg, which same thing, District 9 and things like that. Yeah, shit, um, yeah, of course. Mm. And they were proof of concept, not just in terms of, you know, the, the, the general story, but the effects and, and how it would be shot and that sort of thing. What's your final yeah, answer? Yeah, What's your final answer? Violence of my all-time yeah, favorite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we can say it's an all-time favorite for for the current moment because it will obviously change. But... Yeah, I mean, the the film that inspired me to make short films was the successful alcoholic because it was just a really fun film that that dealt. It, it was the thing that inspired me that you can you can tackle quite difficult subjects about alcoholism in like a comedic way, and I actually think I access issues better when we looked at a little bit of cynicism or a little bit of humor is added to it i think I, I can just understand the issues better when we're not being totally serious and me and sam always try and approach things like you make the serious funny and the funny serious and that seems to make things funny but also takes the serious part of it quite seriously and and that was the first one i was like oh so you can you can laugh about pretty horrible shit like and it's still not be making fun of it it's it's just making it accessible